Happy Friday, everyone. Thank you for joining me, whether it's right now, which doesn't look like there's anybody on right now, but that's okay. Or later. Welcome. Welcome. I'm glad that you're here with me. I wanted to just, this isn't going to be long, but I just wanted to um, read a uh, the lyrics to a hymn that I heard yesterday and it just, there were, there were some lines in it that just really struck me and it just felt so um, timely for where we're at right now and what it is that, that God is requiring of us. This one is called, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Now, if you're like me and you're not familiar with very many hymns, I mean, I know the, the, the really popular ones that, that we sing, but there's, there's a lot of hymns that I do not know. But this particular one, um, one of the Wesley, uh, let's see, it would have been uh, Charles Wesley. He was also a, um, hello, Rolinda. He was, um, he also wrote hymns and um, lots of them, in fact. Hi, Lisa. And, um, and of this particular hymn, he said, how I wish that I would have wrote this one because it was so meaningful and so powerful. And um, I'm just going to read it to you. I'm certainly not going to sing it to you. Just go look it up for yourself, people. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and pour contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did ever such love and sorrow meet or thorns compose so rich a crown? Don't you love that line? Hmm. Or thorns compose so rich a crown. Were the whole realm of nature mine that were a present far too small, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. And it's really in that that last line, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all, that really captured my, I mean, all of it, honestly, because it's it's beautiful language that's that's mixed in as someone was just looking on at the cross and and at Jesus while he was hanging there and but but love so amazing so divine demands my soul my life my all it's where we're at yes have you really you've sung it for years it was honestly the first time that I had ever heard it I guess that that speaks to um, the the more uh, pop culture churches <laughs> that I've been a part of. Can we call them that? Is that blasphemous? But that's what it is. Um, we uh, The churches that I've been a part of have been very cutting edge and, um, you know, pulling the latest, greatest worship songs. And um, I'll say, I'll say no more. But yes, Rolinda, it, it does say it all. And it's absolutely beautiful. And, um, and the, it's the, in that last line where it's like, his love demands all of me. And, um, and here in, in North America, we'll say, um, we haven't, we haven't put as much emphasis on 
the cost like we should. And um, because it really will, following Jesus will cost us everything. And um, we've made it more about a um, kind of a bait and switch program where it's like, you know, come to the altar, say this prayer, and, um, and then I can count you right as part of of my my number system and um and we've put no demand on on one another's lives and it really will it'll it'll cost us everything and it costs Jesus everything and if he came as an example of us why on earth would we think that we could escape what it is that he's after he wants all of us you know like everything everything. And I want to, I want to read, actually, I want to go to, um, we've been reading, um, Psalm 119 as, as a, a church body this week. And, um, gosh, it is, it is really, it's, it's powerful. And it's so funny that, you know, you can read the same scripture over and over in different parts of your life and, and pull something so completely other, from it. And, and this time around reading this feels, it just, it feels like a roadmap for me. And I'm not going to read all of it, just the the first portion. And this is in the message because I love how it's laid out in the message. Um, sometimes the message I feel is a little squishy and, but not here. It's, it's like, you know, Eugene Peterson means what he's saying. <laughs> And there are, there's just parts of the message where I'm like, Eugene Peterson was very pastoral. And, and so there's parts of, of scripture where I feel like, oh, that's not actually what it says. Um, and then, and then there's other times like this where I'm like, oh gosh, like you can feel the, the sternness and, and the way that he translated it. Hello, Chris, Chris, I have missed you this week. Um, but happy anniversary. I hope that your anniversary was wonderful, but we missed you on Wednesday. Okay. So Psalms 119, we're starting in, in verse one, you're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. That's right. You don't go off on your own. You walk straight along the road, he set. You, God, prescribed the way, the right way to live. Now you expect us to live it. Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping to the course you set. Then I'd never have any regrets in comparing my life with your counsel. That right there. Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping to the course you set then I'd never have any regrets in comparing my life with your counsel. Whew, that's intense. I'm following you so directly. I'm so directly behind you that I will not have any problem comparing my life to your counsel. How many of us can actually say that's true? (laughs) Oh, Jesus, bring us in. Bring us into alignment. I thank you for speaking straight from your heart. I learn the pattern of your righteous ways. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Don't ever walk off and leave me. And so I I love the whole tone of, of Psalm 119 
where David is being so serious about his commitment. And this is this is a man who's counted the cost, right? He knows he has met face to face with with the the love of the father in every regard, right? Like it's not just like this father heart like, oh, I just want to lay my head on your chest. Like he has met with the father's intentions also. He has been punished. He's the one who writes in 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 Psalm 23, your rod and your staff are a comfort to me. So he's met with the discipline of the father and and says that it is a comfort to his life. So this is a man who knows full well what it means to align with the father. He knows what he's after. He knows that, you know, one step off course and, and he's missed it completely. And, and he knows what he's capable of. He knows that, that folly is, is just one, one wrong step away. And, um, and he also knows that even in folly, the father will receive him back. But I, what I love most about Psalm 119 is that it lays out so simplistically what it looks like to follow in his footsteps. And, and he's he's rejoicing in it. He's not like, oh, you're requiring too much of me. Your discipline is just too much. You are, you know, you're cramping my style. Like, what will people think if I live my life out like this? I think that that our reputation has become an idol for us and that is what is set before us and that's dangerous. It's dangerous when we become an idol unto ourselves and where we're looking in the mirror and we're comparing our our life plan to our own image rather than the heart of the Father and what he has for us. And I think that so often we compromise. We compromise. God has a way that he wants our lives lived out. And we compromise oftentimes out of fear, but we compromise to the world's systems just because it's going to be the easy way. And so I I have to ask us, like when he's saying, especially in that that hymn that I I read to us, when he's saying this, I'm demanding everything of your life. What what I did on your behalf demanded everything of me. And so now I'm demanding everything of you. Are we actually serving the world's systems first Or are we bowing before the Father saying, your way is right. I want to walk in your way. I want to do things your way. I understand that that when we look at things with our natural eyes, that that there is, um, and can I just put it this way? It's really the chicken exit. When we're saying like, yeah, but, right? Like this way right here covers me. This way right here is my insurance. But what the Lord is looking for are those who will follow him directly behind him and give everything. Yeah, it's going to cost. It's going to cost you everything. And this road 
it's not going to make sense. Faith doesn't make sense until you're upon it. Faith doesn't make sense until you've already said yes to following him. Even when it feels like you're making a fool of me. It really will cost us everything. And there will be a lot of natural loss that we experience. I want to jump over to to Galatians 6. And it is said that that hymn is taken directly out of Galatians, Galatians 6 really verse 14, where it says, my only boast is in the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus, our Messiah. Um, But I want to start, can I just read the whole chapter? It's really hard for me sometimes to pick and choose where to start. So I'm just going to read it all. We'll just start in verse one. My beloved friends, if you see a believer who is overtaken with a fault, may the one who overflows with the spirit seek to restore him. Oh my gosh, are we willing to do that even? Or are we so like muddled in fear that like, oh, but what will they think if I bring correction to their life? Love does, right? The reason love doesn't keep any record of wrong is because love does. Love enters in. Love brings the necessary correction. Love stands as the rod and the staff, right? He trusts us to be our brother's keeper. Win him over with gentle words, which will open his heart to you and will keep you from exalting yourself over him. Love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one as we carry each other's troubles. Ooh, are we carrying one another's troubles? Or are we just like, nah, that's your thing. Do we stand on the wayside and judge or are we carrying one another's troubles? If you think you are too important to stoop down to help another, you, my friend, are living in deception. I was grumbling last week. I love to tell on myself. (laughs) I was grumbling last week because I think we learn from it. When we tell on ourselves, I think we learn from it. I was grumbling because um, let's just say that my boys aren't necessarily the, the cleanest people in the world. And, and I was angry because I was having to clean up after them for the umpteenth time. And, and I was like, I am so sick of cleaning up after other people. I said that. And um, I didn't necessarily say it out loud, but I was definitely having a whole conversation in my head. <laughs> and, and these are the moments when Holy Spirit loves to break in. <laughs> And I can say his rod and his staff, they comfort me. I was, I was angry though. And so sometimes when he comes in like that, I don't want to be corrected. I'm going to be like, yeah, you don't understand. Okay. Well, that's ridiculous because yes, he does understand that he just simply said this, huh? I clean up messes all the time too, Angie, you know, kind of like you just, you just let me know when you want me to stop cleaning up your messes. To which, you know, all I had in response was, ouch. (laughs) So that's what Galatians, this this beginning, this opening scene of Galatians 6 is getting at. It's like, we're a body, right? We're a singular body and we need to start acting like it. So whatever it is that, that is a burden to you needs to become a burden to me. And I need to not view myself as better than, oh, I would never get myself into that circumstance. Ooh, anybody guilty of that? 
I would never allow that to happen. I'm far too wise for that to have happened. My decision-making process is so much better than that. And I would never find myself. You get what I'm saying? It's actually our job to go after one another, right? To, to make sure that, that the bride of Christ is ready. She's prepared for the Lord's return. I, I love the part of scripture that says, spared and the bride say come. And we aren't there yet, right? I think we still have this like, uh, we're not ready. We're not ready. Except for those who buy into the escapism clause. They're like, oh, beat me up, Jesus. Nah, it's our job. It's our job to bear one another's burdens. Um. Verse four, let everyone be devoted to fulfill the work God has given them to do with excellence and their joy will be in doing what's right and being themselves and not in being affirmed by others. Oh, that's interesting. Let's read that again. Let everyone be devoted to fulfill the work God has given them to do with excellence and their joy will be in doing what's right and being themselves and not in being affirmed by others. How many of us really lean into, oh, I'm a words of affirmation person. I've done it. I've done it. But it's not in the words of affirmation that should be spurring us on. It's in our desire to become like Christ, right? We're over-encouraged. Yes, the rapture escapism. We are afraid to correct those we see stumbling because of causing fear, offense. Yes, but surely we can do that in love with the desire not to cause offense. Right. It's all in the heart. Right. Like, actually, this these are the moments where Holy Spirit uses offense to bring us back into alignment with him. It was offensive to have him break through my thoughts and be like, yeah, I, I clean the muscles all the time, too, Angie, you know. So um, he uses offense. It's just when we decide to put offense on and become offense that it's dangerous. OK, verse six. And those who are taught the word must share all good things with their teacher. A sharing of wealth takes place between them. I love that. Make no mistake about it. God will never be mocked. Hi, honey. For what you plant will always be the very thing you harvest. Ooh, this is this is one of those like, oh, I love it. I hate it. The harvest you reap reveals the seed that was planted. If you plant the corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect to experience a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap the beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the spirit. And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds for the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is, is coming. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. I love that what he's getting at is like, it, it's at, the invitation isn't for us to, to plant seeds in the natural realm, right? We are planting in the heavenly realm. We're, we're planting in the kingdom realm, and, and when we begin to plant in the natural realm, this is where we're storing up things, you know, the just in case things. And we're really like telling God, like, I love you, but I don't trust you to take care of me. 
But really what the invitation is, is for us to plant in the kingdom realm. He is calling us into his presence deeper and deeper right now. Like this is a, a right now call, like come in deeper, come in closer. He has things that he wants to to show us and he needs to become our first priority and anything else that is crowding in. And um, perhaps for me, it's always vision. It's always vision of something that, you know, is set before me and the vision isn't wrong, but it's, it's in, it's in the, the, I tend to, to start pursuing the vision and not him. And all of the manifestation is going to come straight out of the throne room. So if I want the vision to manifest in the proper way, I mean, I can definitely sow seeds in the natural realm of the visions that he's given me, but it's never going to be what it is that he intended unless I get it from his throne room, from his presence, and I plant it within the kingdom. And that's only going to come through intimacy, through relationship. Okay, where are we? I think I read all that. Let's go to 11. I've written this letter to you with my own handwriting. See how large I have to make the letters. All those who insist that you be circumcised are recruiting you so they can boast in their own works. Mm. They are attempting to avoid the persecution that comes with preaching the liberating message of the cross of Messiah. Not even those who are circumcised keep every detail of the written law. Yet they push you to be circumcised so that they can boast that you have become like them. And this is what he's talking about. It's like circumcision was was is like um, sowing seed into the natural realm. It's it's what you can see on the outside. Remember, Jesus talked about, you know, you guys like to keep the outside of the cup clean, but the inside's a hot mess. Right. That's what he's talking about here. Circumcision would, would have been an outward sign of commitment to Jesus. And that's not what he's after. He's not after the natural realm. He's looking to overlay the natural realm with the kingdom realm so that his government can go on and on and on, right? We want to see the glory of the Lord cover the whole earth like the water covers the seas. That's why we exist. We are glory dispensers and we cannot be an authentic, pure vessel that the glory comes through if we are not sowing in the right realms. My only boast is in the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus, our Messiah. In him, I have been crucified to this natural realm. Is this true of you? Have you been crucified to the natural realm? Okay, that's not something that you're going to be able to need your answer. You are going to need the help and the examination of Holy Spirit. Have I been crucified to this natural realm? Holy Spirit, examine me thoroughly. Where am I still pining for the fruit of the natural realm? And help me to lay that down. Help me to die to that. You know, isn't that a good question? I think that that's a good question for us to ask. And the natural realm is dead to me and no longer dominates my life. I'm going to read that whole thing again because it's really important. My only boast is in the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus, our Messiah. In him, I have been crucified to this natural realm and the natural realm is dead to me and no longer dominates my 
life. And here's the deal is we might not be dominated by the natural realm, but we are certainly influenced by it. Our almost every decision is influenced by the natural realm. We don't want that. We want to be dominated by the kingdom realm. He is he is, oh, we had a fantastic, well, I did anyway. I had a fantastic night on Wednesday night. We've been meeting together on Wednesday nights for, um, oh, geez, Warrior Worship Wednesday. Did I do it? I did it. Warrior Worship Wednesday. <laughs> and um, and really, we are just toddling in and giving God the high praise that he so deserves and, um, and, and we're getting bolder and bolder. I think every Wednesday uh, we're just stepping out and in greater boldness, but what God was demanding of us is that we see our ministry unto him first, that all of these grandiose visions of ourselves doing the things, right? The work of the ministry that comes second to ministry unto him. And the invitation was, I want my wild ones. Who are my wild ones? And, and I want to be a wild one, but there are, there are things that have to go in order for us to be the wild ones. We have to be crucified to the natural realm. It can no longer dominate us. And you know, when you can know full well that the natural realm is dominating you is when you have a hesitancy to go all in, in a space of worship when you're having a hard time allowing your physical body to give expression to what the kingdom realm is pulling on. And, and I know it's difficult. It is difficult to allow yourself to go there. There is a, a death to self that takes place and, and you, everything in you is going to be like, oh my gosh, I feel so stupid. I feel so foolish until you fully give way to that thing. And it just becomes you. And then suddenly you are so surrounded by his presence that you could care less how stupid you could possibly appear. I don't care. You know, I just, I don't care when I'm in that space, when I have finally allowed myself to go all in, to allow him to have complete ownership and possession of my body, have your way, do what you will. I don't care anymore. Those are the moments where I know that I'm not, that I'm no longer being more dominated by the natural realm than I am his kingdom realm because he requires much of me. He wants my, my whole body to be an expression of worship unto him. And isn't he worthy? Yes, highly in. In him, I live and move and have my being. Oh, the call to be a wild one is so strong. No more pretense or containment. Yeah, we've got to break out. And that was the other thing that he was saying on Wednesday night. It's like, you're you're standing in a cage, but the door is flung wide. Like you are not locked in. Stop pretending. It's only by our fear, by by the fear that we have allowed to come in and have such a strong opinion that that we hold back. But he's, he's not looking for those who are holding back. He's looking for the wild ones, those who will give free expression of worship to him. And it's a beautiful thing. Before you know it, you're, you're, you're waving an imaginary flag that stems from one side of the room to the next. 
becomes the more real thing. It's like, uh, you know, you, you begin to feel the things that he's showing you in your hands. And uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm rambling. Where was I? Oh, yes, we were at 14. Let's move on to 15. Circumcision doesn't mean a thing to me. The only thing that really matters is living by the transforming power of this wonderful new creation life. And all those who live in agreement with this standard will have true peace and God's delight, for they are the Israel of God. Oh my gosh, I love that. Let's read it again. And all those who live in agreement with this standard. Remember, we started off reading in, in Psalm 119, and he's like, I am following your standard. Let my life be a comparison in your counsel, Lord. Same thing, right? It's the same, same, same. And all those who live in agreement with this standard will have true peace and God's delight, for they are the Israel of God. Do you want to be known as the Israel of God. Oh my gosh, Pepper broke out in a song on Warrior Worship Wednesday <laughs> and, and was just singing about the, you know, about Israel, like make me Israel. And um, because God had such an affection, has such an affection for Israel. And uh, anyway, we won't get into that. It's just beautiful. That's a beautiful line for they are the Israel of God. Lord Jesus, let us all be known as the Israel of God. Those who come boldly before your throne, those who know where we belong, those who allow themselves to be the wild ones, a full on ecstatic expression of worship before you, because we know full well what you're worthy of. Oh, possess me. Just say that if you dare. Possess me, Holy Spirit. From now on, let no one bring me trouble or criticism. For I am carrying the very scars of our Lord Jesus in my body. Finally, my beloved ones, may the wonderful grace of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, be flowing in your spirit. So shall it be. In Messiah's love, Paul. Isn't that a wonderful chapter? Oh my gosh, it's so meaty. Um, I, I suggest you go back through and and read that again, just with the with Holy Spirit's eyes and and allow Him to to just really move in you and and allow Him to examine you. Like, where am I being dominated by the natural realm? And and just confess to Him, I I want to be. I want to be the Israel of God. That's that's what I want for us. I want us to be the wild ones and, and really what that's going to take because so many of our God dreams are really wrapped up in the um in that outward appearance, you know, like this is what I want it to look like. And and it's really the thing that we're pining for is, is what will it look like for me to do the work of the ministry when really the ministry is unto the Father. It's unto Jesus Christ. And the invitation is to come boldly before his throne. Mm. And will you allow him to possess you? To allow your body, every, every cell in your being to become an expression of worship. 
right now that looks like laying for me, that looks like laying down all of the grandiose ideas of, of what it's supposed to look like and really just set my sights on ministering to God, right? That's what our ministry should look like is unto God first. And, and this is what he said on Wednesday night. He said that uh, minister to me first, come into my throne room and minister here first. And everything else is just overflow from that. Whew, you guys, what an invitation. This is a grand invitation. So I'm just going to pray for us. Father, we thank you for the humble call to lay everything else down. You said it would cost us everything. And right now we are counting the cost. We're seeing ourselves just dropping all the different visions of us in this grandiose measure when that is where you belong. You are the one that is worthy of all power and honor and glory and all the things. You are the one that is so worthy. You are so worthy to be praised. You're so worthy of, of my expression of worship. You're so worthy of my becoming dominated by the kingdom realm. You're so worthy. Jesus, help us. Help us to die appropriately. To crucify the flesh to be all in on the things that you're asking us to be all in on, that we don't care what it looks like. I don't care if there's three people in the room. I'm ministering to you, Jesus. Because you are the lamb of God and you are worthy to receive the reward. You are worthy to receive the reward, Jesus. You are so worthy. And I'm following closely after you. Teach me your ways. Daily, teach me your ways. And right now, Holy Spirit, we just invite you in to possess us. Come in and possess us. Have your way in us, where your vessels do what you will. In your name, amen. Okay, friends. Oh, yes. All oh, the angels cry in creation cries, holy, holy, holy. Sometimes that's all I have is a holy. I only have a holy to offer. Oh, hi, Tabitha. Oh, I know. It is almost unbelievable. Uh, it took me a while when, when, when God was like sharing all this with me, I, it took me a, a little while to actually be willing to release the word because I was like, God, that's very intimidating. And, um, and, and I don't know, I don't even know how, I don't know how or what that looks like, but, but mine is just to agree, right? That's just, that's ours. It's ours is just to agree with him that if he's calling us to be wild ones who minister to him, so be it. Who am I to argue with that? You know, in fact, God told me a few years ago, he's like, what's it to you? If all I've called you to do in the next five years is to lift me high. 
And I errantly saw that as him calling me into a holding pattern. Like, I'm putting you on pause. Hmm. Somebody might be a little attached to the natural realm. (laughs) But it's okay. That's what repentance is for. (laughs) When he shows us, when he shows us that, that we've got it wrong, we just simply say, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I got it wrong. What an honor. What an honor and a privilege it is to be called to lift him high. Jeez, that's a high calling, actually. And I didn't see it like that when he first said it. It's taken me a couple years to see it his way. So anyway, okay, guys, I just have a quick announcement and then I'll stop talking. I'm just really excited. Um, This Sunday, we have Lee Ann Tolis coming in to um to just just share her heart with us. I am I am so excited for what it is that that God is doing and um just in our our, our little church body and um and I, I feel like what what God is 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 doing and bringing her to us is very very important um to get us to to where it is that we're going next we are in um what 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 we're calling a jubilant soul which means that we have to be willing to allow god in holy spirit in to examine closely examine our soul and to sweep out the corners and crevices is what he told us he was going to be doing and um listen if you've ever spent a moment with leanne you know she's the person for the job that's what i'll say <laughs> is she she is she is well equipped to come in with a powerful expression of restoration and and so we're really looking forward to that tune in um it'll be sunday morning um we'll go live at 10 with worship we know that our worship it doesn't sound great over the airwaves but it doesn't matter i don't care because our ministry isn't unto you it's unto the lord so there and then, and then we'll just see where things go. And then I will um, be live again at five um, on Sunday evening. And that is central time. So um, anyway, until then, we'll talk later. <laughs>